Hi again, Uncommodified Podcast listeners. Chris McQueen here, producer of the Uncommodified Podcast. Before we get this episode rolling, just wanted to let you know that Tim will be releasing his book, Uncommodified, on October 13th. He references that in this episode, but when it was recorded, we didn't have a release date yet. It is happening October Friday 13th. Enjoy. Hey, my friends, welcome back to the Uncommodified Podcast. In this episode, I want to read another section from my upcoming book that's going to be out. And it's been just a great journey, uh, but a challenging journey, as I've mentioned before. And I'm just uh, wanting to give you a little bit of insight into some of the things that I've been sort of playing around with in the book. The book is called Uncommodified. It's a study for me of all the research that I've done over the years in relationship to the people that I've met who've stood out in provocative ways to me, who are uncommodified, who are standing out in their world. And over the years as I met them, I've, I've really culled lessons from their life. And now I've put together all those lessons, at least that I've learned up to this point, because I'm still learning new ones every day. But I've culled all those lessons into this book called Uncommodified. And I want to read you a section. I'll just bring you into the journey of this. It's a section that came to me late in the book. I had written a bunch of different things. I'd gone through some editing process. And one day I was sitting down with my wife and we were chatting about something, about a particular person and thinking about a quality that they had. And I realized as I thought about it, man, it was a really different quality. It was a powerful quality. And it's a quality I actually see in my wife a lot. And I don't see it myself. And I began to ruminate on it and realize, you know, this is, this is an uncommodified action particularly for many adults, and you'll see in a second. And so I decided to take out a section of my book, probably 11th hour, and said, ah, you know what, this really isn't as good as this one. I'm going to replace this section with this. And I want to read you this section. It comes in a chapter where I talk about uncommodified being and usually inspiring and influential in our lives. And I look at some of the qualities. And so I'm going to read you the eighth quality in this uh, chapter. They are unabashedly playful people who will never let Jack be a dull boy. It's the things we play with and the people who help us play that make a great difference in our lives. That quote is from Fred Rogers. The uncommodified have rediscovered their unique dirt birthright. They get down and dirty. They get their hands dirty at work and play in the dirt like curious children. They work hard and play even harder, and they're work hard and play even harder kind of people. They know that all work and no play does make Jack and them dull boys and girls. But how? How as adults does a lack of playfulness dull us? Firstly, an inability to play makes us rather boring to others, and this over time makes it almost impossible to stand out from the crowd and return to the uniqueness we possessed as a child. Additionally, our inability to play dulls the edge of our unique personality that we need to carve a lasting impression on others. My very uncommodified friends, Gary, Terry, and Heidi, immediately come to mind when I think of some of the most unabashedly playful people I've ever met. Their playfulness is one of their superpowers. Initiating unexpected water fights, applying masking tape pinstripes to your car overnight, sneaking an unwanted piece of distasteful goat onto your plate at a public event at a dinner in Africa, hiding a fake snake in your sleeping bag, nicknaming us after the 1975 TV police partners Starsky and Hutch, after a crazy night of car races, 
and welcoming me on my first visit to their house with a sign on the door that said, if you're not Tim Windsor, fuck off. Unabashed playfulness that still inspires me today to stop adulting and start staring at the world with childlike wonder. Gary, Terry, and Heidi are like children when they play with you. Yet, they're not immature in any way. As Frederick Nietzsche said, man's maturity to have resigned to the seriousness he had as a child at play. Some people, embarrassingly me most days, believe that play should be the obsession only of children. But the truth is, play is as vital for adults as it is for kids. My grandchildren's playmate, Nana Pam, my wife, and subject matter experts that I've read all understand that there are powerful reasons why you and I need to learn to be more unabashedly playful. Play has some fantastic benefits. It's interesting, at this point in the chapter, I want to just stop for a second and read this. As I began to think about this idea, I began to do some research on the neuroscience of play, and I'll tell you something, it really, really was fascinating to me, and I actually put some of that into the book at this point. So play has some fantastic benefits. It helps us improve relationships and social connections. When we play with others, we engage in a collective experience that strengthens relationships, creates bonds, breaks down barriers, and encourages communications. And in this chapter, I have several footnotes in regards to where this research comes from. So if you go to the back of the book, if you happen to get the book, you'll see where I take all of these things from the research. Apparently, being more unabashedly playful is like a workout at the gym. It improves physical and mental health. Physical play improves cardiovascular health, strength, and endurance. As adults, we often have hectic and demanding lives, and it can be challenging to find ways to unwind. Engaging in play, whether it's a board game or even coloring in a coloring book, provides a much-needed break from the stressors of everyday life. Inspired by my wife's amazing ability to play in her recent journey into the world of painting, I began researching the neuroscience of play on the brain and its function. Research shows that play stimulates the release of endorphins, neurotransmitters that promote pleasure and happiness. This leads to a decrease in the stress hormones such as cortisol, which is why play improves mental health. Adults engaging in play stimulate different brain regions than those used when we work. This leads to improved cognitive flexibility and increases creativity. Carl Jung noted the creation of something new is not accomplished by the intellect, but by the play instinct acting from inner necessity. He went on to say the creative mind plays with the object it loves. Play sparks creativity, inspires new ideas, and helps us rediscover our curiosity. Being unabashedly playful makes our brains young again. Play also stimulates the release of dopamine, a neurotransmitter associated with reward and pleasure. This leads to increased motivation and engagement. Additionally, play stimulates the growth of new neural connections and promotes neuroplasticity, which is the brain's ability to adapt and change in response to new experiences. This increased neuroplasticity is especially important to older adults like me, but specifically older adults experiencing age-related cognitive decline. I guess George Bernard Shaw was onto something when he said, we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Listen to that again. We don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Here's what my uncommodified playground partners challenged me to do. Get in a water fight, find a new nickname, turn off my phone, log off my computer, buy a trailer, get off the grid, and play like a kid again. I'm proud to report that I'm taking their advice. I play with my childhood collection of Lego when my grandchildren are not at my house, and this year my wife and I will spend 15 weeks sitting outside our trailer by the campfire, playing ring toss, card games, and swinging in the hammock. I challenge you, this is the challenge at the end of this section, I challenge you to become more unabashedly playful today. Get the neuroscience of play working hard for you and understand that as G.K. Chesterton said, it might reasonably be maintained. 
that the true object of all human life is play. And again, at the end of this chapter, I have this uncage it section where I challenge you to uncage what you just read, what you just heard in your life through asking yourself great questions, asking and answering those questions. So here's the four questions at the end of this chapter, and I'm going to read them to you now. Number one, what games did you love to play as a child and why? Think about that. Number two, are you a work hard, play even harder kind of person? And if not, why not? If you already are great at playing, who do you need to encourage to stop adulting so much and to play more? And lastly, if you're not great at playing, how can you rediscover the wonder of child's play in your life? Again, I just wanted to share with you a little window into the uncommodified book that's going to be coming out in a little while. Hopefully this reading provokes you to play more and to get that working for you and to become, as my uncommodified mentors were for me, unabashedly playful people who will never let Jack be a dull boy anymore. Have a great day. Go out and have some fun. Play. Have a great time. Enjoy the day. Cheers. Thanks for listening in today. If you've not subscribed to the Uncommodified podcast yet, do it today. Do it right now. And please rate and review the show on whatever platform you listen on. That would be so helpful to help us spread the word. Now it's time to own what you heard today. Get it out of your head and activate it in your life. And when you do, tell me how you are uncommodifying yourself and standing out for all the right reasons in a very crowded world.